Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. We're off and running on a busy Tuesday night. Live from the Circus Sportsbook, it is the nightcap. Scott Seidenberg, Tim Murray with you for the next three hours. And boy, do we have an eventful evening. Not one, but two NBA games about to tip off, Scott. We got the Lakers taking on the Phoenix Suns. And I don't know, would you consider this the most highly anticipated first round series of the eight? Yeah, and this might be the most highly anticipated first round game considering what happened in game one with the Suns going out there and taking care of the Lakers knowing the Lakers history knowing LeBron James's history this game might be the most anticipated game of the first round of the NBA playoffs yeah we got some great nuggets to get to when it comes to this game and you know when you look at how it opened game one with the Suns as a short favorite they go out they take care of business and now they're a dog at home makes you think you know huh interesting what do the odds makers know that we don't? Uh, and then coming up later, I-, I think you could argue an even more important game for the other Los Angeles team because they're at home, Scott. The Lakers obviously in Phoenix. You drop two in Phoenix, not where you want to be, but you're not dead yet. The Clippers drop both to Dallas. Now you're down 0-2 heading to Dallas Dallas getting seven tonight against the Clippers. I've got a ton of questions about this Clippers team, but I do think they get it done. I'm just hoping for us both to be happy, Scott, that this thing lands somewhere around one to six points here this evening. (laughs) I think seven's just too much. It's a lot of respect given to this Clippers team, especially considering how they performed in game one. Luka Doncic controlled the pace of this entire game in game one. If he's able to do the same, which I believe he will be, the Mavericks are going to be close They might not win this game, but they're going to be in it throughout. I think pace is the most important thing to pay attention to tonight when you're watching these two teams battle. Yeah, and uh, going back to uh, Lakers and Suns, which will tip off here probably about 10 or so minutes, and we'll get to just everything involved. And something we hit on yesterday was where we are in the Western Conference uh, with You look at the one seed in the Utah Jazz. They lose game one. The Suns were a series underdog. They win. The defending champs in the Los Angeles Lakers still remain the Western Conference favorites, but have a chance to go down 0-2 this evening. The Clippers lose game one despite rigging the field and trying to get the Dallas Mavericks and the Nuggets tied things up last night. You and I were happy about that, so we've got an even series headed to Portland. So the Western Conference is is completely up in the air. We'll get to the prop bets here in just a little bit, but the Eastern Conference seems a little bit more easy to figure out as the Brooklyn Nets go out tonight. And I was uh, I was wrong on my assessment. Yesterday, Scott, you said, <laughs> let's look at first half. I said, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to knock you for having an opinion on something, but I said, I would prefer to wait. Let's see if the Celtics come out. They get, you know, they get off to a good start. No, 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 no. This was 
domination, similar to what we saw from Milwaukee. Not as dominant, but still up 14 after the first quarter, up 24 at halftime. They cruise all the way to a 130-108 victory. And the crazy thing about this game, Scott, is that the Stars, when you look at just their prop plays, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, under, 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 all three on their points. Now, Kevin Durant had 26, but still... That is a bit scary when you think about the Brooklyn Nets. They obliterated the Boston Celtics tonight, and their three-headed monster all went under their player props. Yeah, but all five starters scored in double figures, which is a good sign for the Nets moving Joe Harris was a beast. Yeah, you're getting everybody involved besides the big three players, and you look at the star players for the Celtics, who had an absolutely atrocious game. Jason Tatum, 3 of 12 from the field, just 9 points. We kind of mentioned it, and other people have said it. It's going to take a Herculean effort from Jason Tatum in order for the Celtics to upset the Brooklyn Nets. Nine points on three of 12 is not doing it. And I continue to kick myself. The bet, you know, we, we were joking on a car ride over here. Uh, this is how you know you're, you're embedded in this thing is when you get mad at, <laughs> I should have put more down on a bet that we won. Uh. And when you, when you talk about a bet, and you talk, we talk about so many different bets and we can't fire on them all, but I didn't fire on Brooklyn in a sweep at plus 250. They're up 2-0. Let's get this thing really rolling. It's the nightcap. the nightcap here on VSID and just moments away from the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns about to tip off. Scott Seidenberg, Tim Murray with you and wow, they're actually going to tip this game at 10.05, which is surprising. No. I, I thought this thing would be tipped at 10.20 uh, but Brooklyn took care of business so quickly so they're going to start this game on time which uh, poor clock management on my behalf yeah. because I didn't get to the prop bets beforehand so we are going to miss on them but you and I both do have a prop play uh, you probably won't be able to fire on it, but there you have it. Uh, both you and I like Anthony Davis over 25 and a half after he was really unimpressive in game one. Uh, 13 points on 5 of 16 from the field. And he said it himself that he has to be better in game two. He put the onus on himself to be better and help his team win this game and avoid going down 0-2. It's the reason why I really like this prop because I think not only will he force himself to be better, I think his teammates are going to force him to be better. They're going to give him the ball and give him every opportunity to succeed and to score in this game. 25, I think he goes, he goes over. I expect a 30-point performance from Anthony Davis. Yeah, I'm with you as well. And, you know, the first possession, he looks engaged defensively, blocking Devin Booker's first shot. So we're underway, Los Angeles and the Suns, uh, both both you and I on the Lakers' money line in this spot. Uh, I talked about the parlay that started last night with the Nuggets victory. So I've got all three teams in the bounce-back spot. I have Nuggets, Clippers, and Lakers in a money line parlay. So hopefully that comes home. And uh, after talking to Amal Shaw earlier today on the nuts, I just went in uh, on the money line at minus 292 on the Clippers just to win tonight. Because I, I do look at, while I believe the Lakers are going to take Peter business here this evening, ultimately for the Clippers, there has to be a sense of urgency because you, sure, like we sure. saw last night with the Nuggets, right? They could not go down 0-2 going back to Portland. Clippers cannot go down 0-2 going to Dallas. Uh, so I laid the, the money line price in addition to that 
parlay that I have going on. Well, I went heavy on the Lakers, and the reason we talked about it last night, the health of Chris Paul, is his shoulder 100%? Will he be able to contribute at 100% in this game? If not, he's not going to be that decoy. The Lakers will be able to defend Devin Booker a little better if Chris Paul is not that secondary option scoring-wise. Plus, the stats are unbelievable, Tim. When it comes to LeBron James in his career, when his team loses a playoff game, right, Mm -hmm. in rounds one through three, if he loses a playoff game, his teams are 39 and 12 straight up in the following game. Since 2012-2013, LeBron James and his teams, 19 and 2 straight up after a loss. Um. We got a development right now in the Suns-Lakers game. Jay Crowder is guarding Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis went up for a jumper, about a 19-footer. Looked like he was fouled on his way up. He extended the leg on that follow-through, AD did. A la Reggie Miller. And he hit, He went right in the fellas. I mean, just a direct hit, so... Uh, we will see if this is a flagrant foul, what it means to AD, but uh, an interesting way to start the game uh, with uh, with a kick to a park that nobody ever wants to be kicked in to start this one. And uh, Jay Crowder, you feel for him. We've all been there. You, you feel for him. Uh, he is uh, He's hurting right now. Uh, but let's just get back to the props. Obviously, we know uh, these, now that the game is underway, uh, we can't hit on them. But we always like to keep tabs on these prop plays. Well, DraftKings uh, has some live ones that that's you can true. get in. Uh, but both you and I like the AD over. And, you know, if it's any indication, first two possessions offensively, as we wait the potential flagrant foul here on AD, which I think... Judging by his uh, reaction, he might have been called for one. Um, They have gone to AD early in both of these possessions. Hasn't led to any points yet, but one thing, you know, talking these out, I think back to last year in the bubble, any time AD had a poor game, you know, 15, 18 points, they went to him early and often, and that's why... I felt like this was such a a big bounce-back opportunity for AD. And the first two possessions, obviously, you look at, they've they've gone right to him. Well, anytime a player publicly admits to his shortcomings, you got to give them the respect that they're going to try and bounce back. And you expect them to bounce back. If AD didn't come out and acknowledge his poor performance in Game 1, if he just shrugged it off and just was silent in the media... I don't think I'd feel so strongly about his performance here in game two, but hearing what he said after the game, knowing what this means to him going into this game tonight, it's all the more reason for me to back him to score over 25. Yeah, so we'll see. They're, uh, the meeting of the minds right now with the, uh, with the referees, so we will see. What about LeBron? You know, LeBron is someone, uh, you mentioned the stat in his career, how well he has played off a loss. So, Statistically tonight, you're looking at prop bets, 24.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 8.5 assists. Off of his 20 first round, uh, twenty losses in Game 1, he's averaging around 28, 9, and 7.5 and or so. Uh, so you look at his point total tonight, rebounds, assists. What jumps out to you for LeBron, whether it be points, rebounds, or assists? It's the total on the points, rebounds, assists. Yeah. I think LeBron triple-double prop might be a good one. To, it might, be, might have been a good one to put a little flyer on. Sure. Because I do think the assist numbers 
will be what's going to be the over. You know, maybe the point total doesn't get there. Maybe the rebound, well, the rebound total might get there. But I think the assist total is really going to come in on LeBron James because he's going to look to be the playmaker tonight. And combined with what we said about Anthony Davis, he's going to try and get Davis involved. And so that's where I think LeBron plays the role of the facilitator tonight. And the over on his assist is what the look was. So I believe uh, they called a foul on Jay Crowder, free throws for AD, and then... I think they're going to go the other side and have the flagrant free throws for uh, Jay Crowder. So Yeah, just a bizarre sequence yeah, here. Right it, out of the shoot. It, it was a three-point attempt by AD that, yeah, like you said, he kicked his leg out. And the rule is you have to let the player land, right? If you've got the defender jumping in, you, you get into the landing path, that's going to be a foul. But the contact... They started calling in recent seasons where the shooter initiates the contact with the defender. That's clearly what happened there. In real time, I don't like that call. On replay, yes. You see it in slow motion. He kicked his leg out, and it made contact in the Amal Shal show. But I don't really like that call in real time. Yeah. So uh, Jay Crowder uh, at the free throw line, a flagrant one on Anthony Davis as, man, just watching the replay makes makes me cringe. It, it mm. hurts. It. So uh, early on, Lakers and Suns, we both expect, so uh, we'll see. Buyer beware, maybe, a little bit. Uh, we both expect a bounce-back opportunity here for the Lakers tonight. Uh, AD, one point so far to his uh, over 25.5. We'll take it. Almost one, there. <laughs> brick by brick, we're going to build this thing up here. Um, I do want to go back to what we saw already tonight, which was an absolute domination by the Brooklyn Nets. It's funny that we saw Milwaukee do similar uh, yesterday to the Miami Heat winning 132-98 to to go up 2-0 in their series. And then the Brooklyn Nets just absolutely obliterate the Boston Celtics. Didn't mess around. 40 points in the first quarter, up 71-47 to at the half. And, you know, I, I think I mentioned it last night. Maybe I mentioned it on Friday. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, an overwhelming, you know, huge point. But... You know, we all know about Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden and how special they all are offensively. That is going to allow, and and how many times have we seen guys like this shine in Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals? A guy like Joe Harris, Mm -hmm. a deadly shooter, and if your game plan is what are we going to do with these three prolific, some of the best offensive players we've ever seen lace it up. What are we going to do? And then tonight, Joe Harris goes four for four from three in the first quarter, has seven total threes. That's what makes this Brooklyn team so dangerous. I'm not there yet on crowning them. I don't know if, I don't know why I'm completely skeptical. Maybe because it's just, are we actually going to see this team healthy for 16 total games, Scott? And maybe mm. it doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, but man, right now, it, it looks so impressive to watch this team hum. It might not matter because they might get up 3-0 and decide to rest guys. Yeah. And, and if they close it out in four, they close it out in four. If not, they'll close it out in five. Whatever it's going to take for this Nets team to make it to the NBA Finals because it's championship or bust, we know, for this Brooklyn Nets team. You mentioned Harris. We talked about him briefly last night when we looked forward to this game that he was going to have looks because you have to concentrate on what Harden and what Durant are going to do offensively. Kyrie offensively doesn't scare me as much as both of those players do because Kyrie's a guy that is an incredible facilitator and, yes, can create 
create his own shot, but I think it's a little more difficult for him to create his own shot as opposed to a guy like James Harden or Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant might be the most gifted offensive player we've seen in maybe ever. Yeah, yeah. maybe ever is right. So I expect a guy like Harris to get the looks. Blake Griffin even had double-digit points tonight, which is very rare. He had one point, I think, in game one. Harris making those threes now is only going to open up the floor more Mm -hmm. for Kyrie and for Harden and for Durant because you can't leave a guy like that open. Well, when we think back to the Warriors, not the the good incredible Warriors, you think back to the Warriors this year, and Mm -hmm. and if you went up against them defensively, especially in the regular season, you know, Steph's going to get his. But what did we see, even though he was able to pour in 30-plus points in both the Grizzlies and the Lakers games in the play-in tournament, they threw everything at Steph Curry, as you should, because they didn't think anyone else could beat them, whether it be Andrew Wiggins or Toscano or you know Draymond. They knew if that happens, hey, so be it. If you're facing this Brooklyn Nets team, I, I just don't know the best defensive teams out there. If they play a team like the Lakers, I mean, what do you do? You throw so many things, and then you get a guy like Joe Harris. That's what makes this team so scary defensively, and that's what would be really intriguing if, in fact, they do take on a team like the Lakers, Scott, because that that's the you know that's the favorite of a series to happen. Both those two teams respect the favorites in their conferences. If it's the Lakers, who we've seen struggle quite a bit offensively this year, maybe they get better as the year goes on. But I think the Lakers and Nets. I think that is a bad matchup for the Lakers, in my opinion, because I don't know if the Lakers have the firepower, even if they could throw enough defensive to slow them down. Ultimately, this Nets team's going to get theirs. The problem is, is that you have to play at a certain pace in order to beat the Nets. Right. You have to slow them down. And a lot of teams, with the exception of maybe Dallas, want to play at a faster pace. A lot of these talented, good teams, like the Lakers, like the Suns, they want to play at a faster pace. And so that's just going to benefit the Nets even more in any matchup that they face going forward. We talked about it briefly. The Nets and the Bucks. What's the total for game one? Well, both of those teams, so you mentioned your pace. I mean, the late the Bucks want to get up and go. They Two, want 224? Uh, two, I mean, 244 maybe? Yeah, it's, it's going to be in the – it's got to be. I mean, it, it, you look at those two teams, how well they play. And, and the Bucks, they can defend you, but the pace that they want to play, it is comparable to yes. what the, the Nets want to play. It is going to be fascinating to see what the totals are. And, you know, similar to what we saw last night with the Nuggets and Blazers – which was a total that went down, meaning you know smart money was coming in on the under. I, I don't know how that how that un- happened because <laughs> we saw what we saw in the first half. We're like, really? People were betting the under in a game that went seventy three sixty one in the first uh, in the first half. Um, you know, Lakers Suns. I get it. You know, especially with the Lakers, they want to slow you down. So you know, thinking just thinking things through. If it is Lakers Nets in the NBA Finals, uh, I have a hard time imagining the Lakers having enough firepower offensively. Mm-hmm. They can maybe slow them down a little bit, Scott, but yeah. I mean, and, and once again, this is what we do. We re- overreact to yeah, of course. seeing a game that just happened a moment ago and Joe Harris drops in 30 or 25 points. But, uh, but that's what has to happen for these teams to succeed, right? If absolutely. the other pieces to step up. There's a couple of ways that you could defend teams that have these big star players, right? These guys that are going to score like a Steph Curry or like a Damian Lillard, right? You could throw everything at that one player like you mentioned, take him away, or you let that player go off. Mm-hmm. And this is what teams did against James Harden forever. You let that player get his, but nobody else contributes. 
And James Harden would have these massive scoring nights in Houston, but nobody else did anything. And the team would lose. And that's why they were never really successful in the postseason. Now they got unlucky a couple of times in the Chris Paul injury, whatever. But if you look at this Brooklyn Nets team, you can't do that. You want to take away Kevin Durant, okay, there's another guy that's going to step up. You can do that with certain teams. You can't do it with Brooklyn, and they're a, they're a matchup nightmare for anybody. No one's beating them, in my opinion. They're going to the NBA Finals. And I think I do think the next series might be there. I, see, I, I think about Philadelphia, too, with Joel Embiid. How are they going to slow down Joel Embiid, another team that's strong defensively? I think there's some tricky matchups, but, yeah, right now, if you if the playing field was even, even odds, and we talked about this last night, if it was even odds, yeah, of course, I would pick the Nets, but... We are playing with odds, and they do have the shortest ones out there. That's what you know makes it intriguing to me uh, to go against them, but we will see. Uh, the Suns off to a 10-8 to lead right now on, uh, on the Lakers, and you know, I was I was hoping to see a little bit more from AD struggling a bit uh, from the uh, from the offensive uh, side of things. Uh, so we'll see if uh, he can start uh, start ramping it up a little bit. We do have to get to Clippers and Mavericks. That game will start at the bottom of the hour as the Clippers looking to avoid an 0-2 start to this series, Scott, which which really would be pretty devastating to a team that has. Championship aspirations. Right now, Clippers minus 155 to win that series, despite being down, down 0-1. 0-1. And if they lose tonight, it's going to be extremely devastating. You have them on the money line. I like Dallas plus the points. All right. So Dallas, lose by four. <laughs> Everyone happy. We're all happy if you lose by four. Uh, we'll get you updated. Lakers and Suns about midway through the first quarter as AD just threw down a lob, and, and you can hear it. You can hear the crowd starting to file in here. It's going to be a big night here at Circa. Next couple nights are going to be big nights. Lakers-Suns update. Also a little hockey update as well. Some playoff games going on. It's the Nightcap here on Beeson. First quarter out in Los Angeles, or sorry, in Phoenix. I'm so used to the Lakers yeah. reigning number one seed. This game should be in L.A. What the Clippers are in L.A. Uh, but midway through the first quarter, 12 to 10, a Lakers lead over the Suns. Uh, Anthony Davis early four points, putting up some shots though, one for three, uh, already uh, an assist as well. Andre Drummond, he had one possession where I think he had three offensive rebounds. So Andre Drummond already at six rebounds tonight and uh, his over under was eight and a half so if you were sitting there scott with an over eight and a half play on andre drummond and he's just tipping it off the backboard to himself you're like yes keep doing that he's got uh, he's got six rebounds already yeah keep missing those layups because he gets his own <laughs> rebound so he's two or four from the field he got both of his rebounds on his misses so that's that's great yeah so 12 to 12 devin booker just hit a couple of free throws but yeah early on it is get the ball to ad which is once again, what we talked about uh, and why we ultimately played the AD prop, because, you know, I, I just think back to two weeks ago, and I know I, I sound like a broken record, but what made me like the Lakers so much in this series 
was that game that these two teams played without LeBron, and AD just was incredible. A 123-110 win on the road uh, in Phoenix. Actually, it was in Los Angeles. And they had no answer for Anthony Davis. He had 42 points. He had 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks. And that's the type of effort you're going to need in this series from Anthony Davis. And we'll see if we get it tonight. Already 6 points. as It, just, it, it already feels... It's so interesting. I know I keep saying that word, so that's a crutch. So we'll put a, you know, a dollar in the interesting jar. But how a team like the Lakers, and, and I was sitting there on, on, on Sunday watching this game, and I had a first-half bet, how they, you just kind of knew how they were going to come out. They were going to come out sluggish, you know, that feeling out process. And now tonight, not saying it's a, it's a lock that they're going to win by any stretch of the imagination, but it does feel like there's just a different energy from this Lakers team, Scott, they they've got a different mindset and they've got an early lead. They lead sixteen to you know sixteen to twelve right now. There's also another intangible factor here, and we've talked about so many intangibles when it comes to Anthony Davis and his role in this game. But because of the skirmish in Game One and DeAndre and his role in the skirmish, maybe they want to go at him a little bit. Yeah. Maybe they want to take the ball inside, a couple of elbows here or there, see if they can get into him into foul trouble or maybe make a mistake and. There's a flagrant. We've already seen a flagrant, but that was for something else. But maybe this game can get chippy at some point. And that's just a little intangible factor as to maybe why you can get Anthony Davis to body up inside. But he's so good from his mid-range shooting game and obviously from deep as well that I just expect him to go off tonight. Devin Booker has two points. He's 0 for 4 from the field right now, Scott. And and he's one. And they, they certainly the reporters talked to the Lakers about Devin Booker. And they felt like they played good defense against Devin Booker. He was just making great shots because he's an all-star, which is true, but there's going to be some ups and downs for a guy like Devin Booker in his first ever postseason. We kind of saw it last year, right? Jamal Murray had that remarkable run in the first round where he had, you know, 48, 50, 50, and then 48 again. But then I think in a game seven, he had like 15 points. So I I do think with a guy like Devin Booker, not saying that tonight is the night. Uh, You look at the prop, it was the highest on the board at 28 and a half. But there's going to be some ebbs and flows to Devin Booker in the postseason because you're playing a team like the Lakers and you've never been there before. Yeah, you dropped, what, 60 or 70 or whatever you did when, Mm -hmm. when you were playing for a horrible basketball team. Things are different now, and it's a different level of of pressure, and teams are game-planning for you more than you've ever seen before in your career. Absolutely. It's it's unfamiliar territory for them. It's easy to be the hunter, but when you're the hunted, it's a different role to play. By the way, LeBron James does agree with us on Anthony Davis. LeBron quoted as saying, anytime he comes to the press and tells you guys we can't win with him playing the way he played, he always responds, so I'm looking forward to that. When AD is AD, then we're the Lakers. AD with six points, uh, over under 25 and a half. So uh, on a on a good start. Let's see. Uh, let's keep it rolling here for AD. 18-14. Got a media timeout here with the Lakers and the Suns. Quick check of the uh, NHL scoreboard. By the way, Clippers and. Uh, Clippers and Mavericks coming up bottom of the hour, so we'll get all the prop plays and and everything out there uh, here in just a moment. Toronto against Montreal. Seems like the the Toronto Maple Leafs, after losing game one, said, okay, it's on. 4 nothing tonight over the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and especially after losing Tavares. You know, interesting to see the way that they have responded uh, fighting for him, and it was just a dominate, dominant effort tonight. And the Nashville Predators, man, don't watch out. Carolina was up, what, 2-0 in this series? 
and it's now 2-2 and Nashville leading 2-1 midway through the third period down in Raleigh. So we'll see if the Nashville Predators can take a 3-2 lead in that first round series. They're up one goal. Got Clippers Jazz coming up in just a little bit. Everything you need to know about that game next right here on the Nightcap. The NHL and NBA playoffs are here, folks, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops insights, and he'll be on the show in less than 30 minutes. Our experts and the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time to cash in this playoff season. Sign up for your 10-day free trial, VEASAN.com backslash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg, Tim Murray with you, live from the Circus Sportsbook as the Lakers take a 10-point first quarter lead and something that has been mentioned before because LeBron's been hurt, AD's been hurt, uh, you know, Schroeder was on the, the COVID list for a big stretch towards the end of the year. They, Frank Vogel, I don't know, really knows his right rotation. Marcus Gasol and Markeith Morris did not play in game one. Mm -hmm. They are getting minutes in the first quarter. Marcus Gasol's hit a three. We saw a Marcus Gasol outlet pass to Markeith <laughs> Morris. So and and Kyle Kuzma, who went scoreless in game one, just got a bucket. They're still trying to figure things out. And I truly believe, and I'm not alone in saying this, if the Lakers do get past this series, they're winning the West because I think next round, whoever they get, whether it be Denver or Portland, mm -hmm. it's a mismatch. And then if it is the Clippers, they're talented. But I think by then, Scott, the Lakers will have figured out their right rotations. They're feeling good. They should be fully healthy. I, I think, you know, when you look at the futures board, which was around like minus 250 or so for them, or plus 250, excuse me, to come out of the Western Conference still, and they're even money to win this series, it just shows you that I think Vegas thinks the same way. That yeah, of course. If they get by the Suns and they're figuring things out, then they're – likely headed to the NBA Finals. Well, I've been saying it over and over again. The winner of this series is yeah, my pick to win the, Western win the Western Conference. If the Suns get through this series, they're going to win the Western Conference. If the Lakers do it, they're going to win the Western Conference. It's important to note, though, when you're looking at the Suns, as we've mentioned several times, it's the health of Chris Paul. How healthy is he? How hurt is that shoulder? How impacted will he be? So far, he's played eight minutes in this game. He's 0 of 2 from the field, and he has zero assists, he's turned the ball over once. That is not Chris Paul. Yeah. And, and if you're not going to get Chris Paul as the Chris Paul that you know and love, then <laughs> they're not going to win. Yeah, and you're seeing LeBron, you know, start to and that was something too where I, I felt like he was having trouble backing his defender down a little bit. Uh, you're seeing a little bit more of that here today, uh, tonight at least for the Lakers. So we'll, uh, we'll keep eyes on that. But we're about to tip off uh, Mavericks and Clippers. We both have plays on this game. I have Clippers money line. I have them in a three-leg parlay as well. So just hoping for a Clippers win. You've got the Mavericks plus the points. And I, I don't disagree with that. You know, thinking about this game, I, 
We talked about it last night. I thought six or six and a half, seven was probably too much. I didn't want to mess around with that. But I do feel like this game is vital for the Clippers who want to get to the title, really were embarrassed, had no answers. You pointed out to Luka Doncic in game one. They've got to figure things out tonight and and win this game. They can't be down 0-2 going to Dallas. I just look at the way that Dallas slowed the pace in game one, and Luka Doncic was a big reason why. He did anything that he wanted to that to that team in game one. Porzingis was not good. He'll be better in Game 2. Much like we expected Anthony Davis to be better in Game 2, Kristaps Porzingis will be better and should be better in Game 2. The Clippers are absolutely going to try and speed things up, but Luka's going to try and slow them down. The Mavs will hang with them. Seven points is too much for a team in the Dallas Mavericks that have covered five of seven to end the season. They've won seven of ten and if you and eight of nine if you include uh, eight of eleven if you include Game 1. So Dallas is hot. Dallas is playing good basketball. The fact that Luka was able to find guys like Hardaway and Finney-Smith to get open looks from three-point range. We talked about the Dorian Finney-Smith three-pointer prop over one and a half. He was, what did he hit, four yeah. in the first in game one? And he played 30-something minutes? Well, if he plays that same amount of minutes, he's going to get the same amount of looks. Luka's going to continue to find him. He's going to go over that three-point total. I just think, I don't know if they'll win the game. But I'm not banking on them to win the game. I just expect them to keep it close. That would be, uh, I, I always, anytime I make uh, you know, a parlay, I just look at that ticket and I say, all right, who's messing this thing up? Because someone's going to mess it up. You know it. <laughs> you know, for you, not to bring out bad memories, the Golden Knights last night. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at this ticket, and I think a lot of people might have thought, because it started last night with the Nuggets, maybe it would be the Nuggets against the Portland Trailblazers. That was not the case. I'm looking at Clippers-Lakers. I'm like, Who's messing this up? Is it the Lakers? You know, that, that, would, that would make the most sense. They're only a two-point favorite of Phoenix, the team that they just lost to by nine. Or maybe it's the Clippers. Maybe that would be the ultimate uh, Jay Crowder situation, uh, if you will, from yeah. earlier uh, in this game. But uh, let's look at some of the prop plays coming up. Uh, Luka Doncic, plus 320, triple-double. What do you think? think he has... A big, uh, a big performance. You see it right there. Actually, plus two thirty. I guess it went down. Uh, yeah. So better yeah. odds. Uh, and and you know, I'm not surprised by that, Scott, because obviously a ton of eyes are going to be on Clippers Mavericks tonight. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic is a guy that compiles stats. Yep. So why wouldn't you just say, well, three to one, which it was you know a couple hours ago. Why wouldn't you take a flyer on Luka Doncic to get a triple double? The rebounds the only thing you're worried about. He's absolutely going to have double digit assists. He's going to have double-digit points. He'll have double-digit assists. And it's the rebounds that you're concerned about. He had 10 in game one. Get double digits here and play that play that prop plus 230 on the triple-double. I think that's better than playing just the over on his rebound total. Yeah, and I, I think there, you know, there's going to be a real uh, effort to slow down Luka. How much are they going to throw Kawhi on him? Uh, in this game, so that could be something to uh, to keep an eye on here as the uh, as the evening goes on. Luca's over under on points twenty eight and a half. Give me the point total for Hardaway. Uh, we will and for Porzingis as well. Porzingis was four. Porzingis of 13. is. Well, I'm on. <laughs> I'm on points, rebounds, assists. Yeah. We pull it up right there. Porzingis nineteen and a half. Tim Hardaway Jr. at sixteen and a half. Uh, both of them for are the Dallas Mavericks. Both of them are going over. Uh, Porzingis was 4 of 13 from the field. Scott is, Scott is bullish on his Mavericks tonight. 4 of 13 from the field in Game 1, and he finished with 14 points. He's going to shoot better in Game 2. You said it was 16 for, for Christophs? Uh, 19 and a half. 19 and a half. Yeah. 
he can he'll get to 20. He'll get to 20, 23 somewhat tonight. Uh, Tim Hardaway, 16. I think that's doable. He was 8 of 13 from the field. He had 21 points in that win. He did have five three-pointers, though, which means he's going to chuck them up again here in Game 2 because he's feeling confident. So I like him to go over the point prop as well. If you played the Lakers in the first quarter, we don't like to count chickens yet, but uh, you're feeling pretty good uh, as the final seconds tick off and the Lakers will have a six-point lead after the first quarter, 32-24 as they put up a shot at the buzzer. Get a little NFL in our lives. How about we do that next? A lot going on. Aaron Rodgers talking yesterday. So a lot to discuss. A little NFL discussion when we return right here on the Nightcap. Welcome back into the Indeed.com studio. Resumes are good. Resumes with an Indeed skills test are better. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Scott Seidenberg, Tim Murray with you. End of one quarter in Phoenix, 30-24. to 24. The Lakers have the lead, so they cover the first quarter number, which was here at Circa just a half. But a late layup with about six seconds to go. If you played it here at Circa, the closing number, 53 and a half. You do get the over, uh, and uh, just underway in Los Angeles, Mavericks up on the Clippers, 12-9. to nine. But let's pivot, because it's not going to be all NBA. We will talk JBT top of the hours. Talk to Doug Farrar from the USA Today, because there is a whole lot going on. And Doug, it's uh, as the Aaron turns. It's a new thing every single day with uh, with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he goes on SportsCenter yesterday, really says, I love everybody. Except Brian Gutekunst. So it's pretty much, I'm paraphrasing, that's the Cliff Notes version. I know you've probably been asked this a million times. Week one, is he sitting on his couch? Is he in a Packers uniform? Or is he somewhere else? Uh, he's not playing for the Packers week one. Uh, I don't know how that manifests itself. I don't know if he forces the issue and the Packers trade him. I don't know if he does the Carson Palmer thing and, you know, goes into the, the season. But based on everything I've seen, I think Aaron Rodgers is owned the Packers. I think this has been going on for a number of years where he doesn't feel as appreciated as part of the organization at, at, at a high level as he believes he should be. And I think what the real killer was when they drafted, it moved up back into the first round to take Jordan Love from Utah State. So they moved up into the first round to select his replacement. They didn't tell him. Aaron Rodgers found out about, about his replacement on TV. That's not really how you do it. And I, I think at this point, Rodgers is going to, you know, he's got other irons in the fire. He's getting married. He's, you know, doing Jeopardy. He's, And I think he believes that he can complicate things so much for the Packers that the Packers just say, okay, you're not playing for us. We're going to get, you know, 26 first-round picks or whatever it is. And I think he, I don't think he'll ever play another down for the Packers again. Wow. But, but, Doug, is there a team out there that's willing to pay the price knowing that Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled with the Packers? Usually when a player is not happy, other teams are really not willing to give in. The price actually gets lower on a player. So do you think there's a team out there that will be willing to part with so many assets to acquire Aaron Rodgers in a trade? 
Yeah, I, I mean, Denver's a possibility. Uh, Carolina, you look at teams that are a quarterback away from dominating, and then you take one of the five best pure throwers in NFL history and you put them on your team. I think the Broncos would immediately <laughs> contend with the Chiefs and the Bills for AFC supremacy if they had him. Um, you know, you've got a new general manager. John always kind of out of the picture in his uh, questionable quarterback development skills. Um, that was one of those, you know, do as I say, not as I do, or in reverse. Um, there, it, and I, I think, well, Rodgers has said it, that, that he complicated things for the Packers by going out and winning MVP last year. I, I think the Packers thought, this is a guy in decline. He hadn't, I mean, he hadn't played badly the last couple of years, but just seasons where he wasn't what he had been. And then he goes out and he's, you know, pissed off Aaron Rodgers and pissed off. It's like pissed off Michael Jordan. Some guys <laughs> you don't make mad and you're going to regret it if you do. And yeah, and Doug, it's so interesting. You mentioned, you know, it, it does feel like, you know, the Broncos have got cap space. They've got so many weapons out there, but their quarterback, uh, room stinks. I mean, it's Drew Locke, it's Teddy Bridgewater. It's it's just not capable. You bring in Aaron Rodgers. Where do you stack them up? Because we've been doing this now for you know since draft day, which is the speculation of okay, who makes sense? Denver makes sense. Then Denver doesn't draft a quarterback, which was I thought was ironic as well. So if if he goes to Denver, which I think most people believe, if there is a trade, that's where is the most likely landing spot. Do they become the second favorite in the AFC behind the Chiefs? Do they become the favorite? Where would you put the Broncos if you just drop Aaron Rodgers in there? And let's say the Hall is mainly draft picks. Yeah, uh, I mean they've got everything else. They've got uh, you know secondary stacked defense overall is good. Linebackers are underrated. Von Miller's trying to come back. Um, they have Bradley Chubb. They got Javante Williams from North Carolina in the second round. I don't know how. My favorite, not only my favorite running back in this draft class, but probably my favorite player to watch. If you took like Marshawn Lynch and Nick Chubb and somehow Frankenstein them together, you'd have Javante Williams. And they've got this. They got him. Uh, very good offensive line. They really are a quarterback away. Would I put them ahead of the Chiefs or the Bills? Probably not. But uh, a heavy third, yeah. I, I think the Bills, you got a full season of Josh Allen playing at this new level, that they become a whole different kind of deal. And the Chiefs, you know, they're still the Chiefs. They're, they're, they're Patrick Mahomes and a whole lot else. But uh, it would certainly put Denver in, <clears throat> if not the pole position, certainly close. Doug, let's stick with the quarterbacks, but we'll go elsewhere. Who's the starting quarterback for the 49ers week one, Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo? I think it's Garoppolo to start. Um, I don't think it'll be long because either Garoppolo will get hurt or he'll forget how to read middle of the field close coverage as he tends to do and throw a really just baffling interception. Um, and then Troy Lance will start to come in. And it, it, the thing about Lance, I mean, there was all this talk about Mac Jones and like, have you ever seen it work with Kyle Shanahan and a non-mobile quarterback? And don't I mean, talk, Matt Ryan can run boot. I mean, he's mobile like Joe Flacco is mobile. Mac Jones is not mobile, so you knew it was going to be a mobile guy. If you watch North Dakota State's offense, now we talk, you know, 17 starts and played at a lower level, blah, blah, blah. 
They had, you know, two tight ends a lot, a ton of pre-step motion. Kyle Shanahan calls more pre-step motion than any other coach in the league. Uh, you know, fullback, wham, tight end throw. I mean, all the stuff that you have in the Niners offense, a lot of it you saw at North Dakota State in 2019. So I think not only Lance's physical gifts, you're going to make any throw and he runs like a linebacker and all that stuff, kind of reminds me of Steve McNair. Um, I don't know, other people have made that comparison as well. But he has a good schematic understanding of Shanahan's playbook, which is one of the NFL's most complex, based on what he did at North Dakota State. And I've talked to Randy Hedberg, uh, his quarterback's coach, who was also Carson Wentz's quarterback coach at ND State. And, you know, Lance was calling protections. He was calling checks. He was, you know, run to pass or pass to run audibles at the line of scrimmage. So he's got a lot more on the ball than people think. And at some point, Garoppolo is going to disappoint. And Kyle Shanahan knows that. He wouldn't have traded two first-round picks and other capital to go up nine spots to get this guy. Would you take a flyer on Lance for Offensive Rookie of the Year? I I think it's possible. Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I throw Javante Williams in there just because, and I know Denver likes to rotate the running backs, but he's just kind of my guy uh, based, on, based on what I let You know, Justin Fields in Chicago, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, Lance... Certainly, I mean, is there anyone better at maximizing a quarterback's traits than Kyle Shanahan through his history in Cleveland and Atlanta and now San Francisco? Uh, Yeah, he hasn't always had the greatest quarterbacks. Lance might be the most physically gifted quarterback he's ever worked with. So we'll we'll see how that goes, but it wouldn't surprise me. We're talking to Doug Farrar from the USA Today. And, Doug, before we let you run, we got about uh, got about two minutes or so. Julio Jones, uh, every team under the sun has been thrown out there. You know, you've heard Arizona, you've heard San Francisco, Baltimore, New England. Every team you could imagine has been thrown out there. People speculate. You know, I brought up the Browns yesterday. Um, who do you think can will make the best offer? Because we know the Falcons are listening, and if anyone says, all right, here's a first, they're pulling the trigger. So who do you think ultimately says, let's go get Julio Jones? I don't think it'll be a first. I think people are going to wait Atlanta out because Atlanta has like $2.99 of cap space right now, and <laughs> it, they, got, they got cap problems. And when they restructured Matt Ryan's contract, it's like, you know, the albatross around the neck and the Samuel Taylor Coleridge poem. <laughs> it's like you guys are stuck for the next two years. Um, so the Browns have space. The Patriots have space. I would look for teams who are receiver shy, uh, ready to win now, uh, in need of those targets and have cap room. Cleveland certainly there. It's the kind of move where you look at it and go, yeah, uh, undervalued receiver kind of feels slighted it kind of has belichick written all over it doesn't it kind of does yeah i mean i guess this offseason anything goes with uh, it was very unbelichickian this offseason he saw tom brady leave and win a championship he's like all right let's just sign a lot of people let's bring them in so uh bill by the way we, yeah, we got like 30 seconds how quickly do you think i saw some reports today maybe a, a two quarterback system how quickly does mac jones get on the field in foxborough it's going to be a while. Yeah. I'm not as high on Mac Jones as a lot of people are. And I think his lack of functional mobility and ability to make second reaction throws, I think it's really going to hurt him in today's NFL. If he was, if he was, I'll make this quick. I know you're running out of time. It's 20 years ago. He's the first overall pick. I think in today's NFL, 
he's got problems. He is Doug Farrar, does fine work, and uh, you know him, at NFL underscore Doug Farrar on Twitter. Appreciate it, Doug, and I'm sure we'll be chatting with you down the road. All right, thanks, guys. There he thanks. is, Doug. Doug uh, joining us there, talk a little NFL, get you updated as, you know, right now, the Lakers' defense down low without AD, DeAndre Ayton just continues to have a, a series, man. He is up right now at 10 points. He's just getting uncontested dunk after uncontested. He's got 12 points. He's 6 for 6 from that. I think five of his points are dunked so far. Hmm. And this Lakers team right now, LeBron's off the floor. Their lead has minimized. It's 35-32. And, uh, man, we got a, we got a surprising start out in Los Angeles, the Clippers who, man, yeah, we'll, we'll get you updated on that. JVT will join us as well as the nightcap.